Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. It's your boy Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar. We are going to be getting tactics soon, so for all of you guys who are watching, looking for him, he is coming. He's on his way. Just just slowly cruising on in. He's, exactly. Yeah. He's going to slide into our podcast. <laughs> you don't got to make it weird. <laughs> uh, I realized the moment it came out, I was like, that didn't sound right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to like apologize. Anyway. So, nonetheless, uh, we are uh, sorry for missing you all last week, but we all had multiple uh, different things getting in the way. But we're back this week, and we're coming blazing. Mm, yeah, so, uh, so, I say we just jump right in, uh, Dars. What do you think? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, big news this week. Big, big news. As you all have probably noticed, we have been, I wouldn't say struggling for content. But we have been having more discussions and less new geeky news updates. Mostly because, as you can guess, the writer strike and also I should say the WGA SAG strike uh, had been going on for about five months, or uh, I think 142 days, 46 days. Okay, something along those lines. Uh, anyway, I think it was 148. 100, 148 days. I stand corrected. So the writer strike portion because it was just the writer it was at first the writers and then the actors joined in on that uh sorry wga sag the writers met with the am amptp which is this essentially the studios and for the final like uh, they were actually able to come to an agreement which was not something that was happening a lot uh and I thought when I heard that news, I'm like, oh, I hope the writers got something. I wouldn't say they got everything they were asking for, but based on what I read, they got almost all of it. Uh, it, it again, I reading the document was very legalese, so I, I definitely relied on a variety of different people, including Variety of the article, uh, and to kind of give us a summary. And the 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 main argument uh, that kind of started this whole WGA, WGA strike, uh, which then ultimately brought in the actors, was the fact that AI-generated content was replacing writers. Also, as, we, as it turned out, we started finding out that streaming services kind of, to put it uh, figuratively, really fucked over writers and actors. Uh, yeah, middle finger. Uh, yeah. I, I was just scratching my face. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was just a finger I chose. It was it was perfect, but it wasn't the one I chose uh, for that reason. Um, it was... <laughs> But but to that point, the amount of money that these uh, writers were getting was pennies on the dollars. So you know, scratch scratch our faces when we can. Yeah, like <laughs> and like he's not exaggerating. It's not a, a term like a figure of speech. It's a literal statement. Pennies on the dollar were being given to the writers, also to the actors, which came out uh, when the actors started striking. I mean, like uh, I think it was like. Um, Stephen K. Brown, or, or or I don't know, it was Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore posted from like a, a, her residuals from This Is Us. She was getting like forty two cents in a year for This Is Us. 
Yeah, because I, I, if I remember correctly, and I'm gonna like paraphrase what I remember, but the 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 rules around streaming were defined before we even had like YouTube. So like they were based around the concept of something like streaming like a 30 second thing on the internet. Um, like we can all, for those of us that are older, uh, can remember back in the days when we was like dial up and you barely could get even like an image. Like you'd be like trying to wait for an image and you get that like, like slow loading and then, and then sometimes it'd be like a, like a buffer pass right and so yeah um the the definitions were defined back in those times and um and so that the the amount of the amount that they were allocating for streaming against what it was was a completely different medium and they were just taking full advantage of this lax law and basically be like yeah no this is what we have to pay you and you know it's 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 obviously not fair and they're obviously taking advantage of something and being like we don't have to pay them so let's not pay them and instead of being more fair and being like obviously these are outdated let's like figure something out or you know i mean some studios apparently were decent but many of them no and it's like uh, studios not streaming services they weren't doing they weren't decent yeah like i would like so based off what we were hearing from the wga and the sag uh like uh, the smaller independent companies like Regency or uh, A24 or E Entertainment One, those guys, like, they didn't care. They said yes to everything. So they actually could still, like, write and act. Uh, but then it got kind of confusing because, like, uh, the like, people, like, it was a very fine picket line. And so people were like, you know what? Let's just stop until this is all taken care of. Anyway, uh, this is all to say that the writers only have now reached a deal it's uh just to like summarize very very paraphrase level like this is a 94 page document uh that was that still needs to be fully ratified but it has been like voted for basically ai can't write or rewrite any material uh, writers can choose to use ai when performing writing services uh but uh, if the company consents to it so it's like basically both sides need to kind of like come to that uh realization but the company can't require the writer to use AI software like ChatGBT when performing writing services. Uh, the company must disclose to the writer if any materials are given to the uh, to writer and have been generated for AI. So basically, AI is like, no. Also, the companies, this is for streaming services, have to disclose the viewers and ratings of the work. So this is a big step so that writers and and hopefully this will carry over to the actors that both people are able to see how popular how much the particular thing that they're working on is being is being abused like the, how much of the content is being like viewed by us and that they would get residuals accordingly. So uh also uh oh, what was it yeah, so uh, uh, the WGA reserves the right to assert the, that exploitation of writers' material to train AI is prohibited. So basically, you can't be you giving in your scripts to AI to then funnel later. I think this is going to carry over to the SAG, so they can't like do body image scans and mm. keep those on. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, Ron R, you definitely right. Terminator, uh, basically uh, Skynet has been blocked from Hollywood. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm not surprised that the studio... Oh, sorry, I should say I am surprised how quickly the studios turned. 
and it probably has to do with the fact that there are two one was a lawsuit for ai that was successful and the other one is i think still being like some sort of copyright ai uh thing and uh the judges rule that you can't like uh, like ai can't copyright anything so uh it was like this kind of like spearheaded and the, and the company is also like uh for example i think we talked about it in the previous podcast warner brothers lost like 500 million uh this year due to the writer strike which is like a third it's like three times what they were asking for overall going mm. forward per year so uh like yeah they were only asking for like less than a percent from each of the streaming services yeah you know of course uh what's going to be the response from the streaming services is like they're just going to take it out on people because it's like oh well we're making less money and blah 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 blah. and now i mean less than a percent sounds like a like a, like very little but it's significant in a business right it's millions of dollars well it's not just millions of dollars it, de- it, it depends on a couple of different things um like one what is their general margin right like if a business is operating and they only have one percent after everything and you to ask for half of a percent you're asking for half of everything right like it's not people have to only think about the revenue and the other part really that's really more fundamental to a business is um cash flow how much money is actually going in every month and, and it's being taken out so the one thing i'm curious to see is if um when they are having to pay the actors more what they're due and the writers more what they're due if it's going to put a squeeze because they're overstretched financially and Mm. that additional revenue has an effect and it means like a lot less content it means a lot more cancellations like it's i bet we're gonna see a negative out of this from the streaming services because they're not the studios and they're they they're thinking a little bit differently than the the studios do so yeah i I, i'm just kind of like waiting for some negative fallback i mean the positive though is do less try to do more quality with the the what's left over but still means that some people aren't going to get paid in the in the in the the near term when they start canceling stuff to be honest i'm starting to find it difficult to keep up with the streaming services because Originally, this was penned as something that was a better option than cable. At it is present for us to be able to watch all the things we want to watch from all the variety of different streaming services that are out there. It's dwarfing. It's like I wouldn't say dwarfing yet, but it's it is more expensive than cable. Uh, go on. Yeah, I mean it, it is. Um, I totally agree. And the only only benefit what is that compared to cable though is like let's say you have eighty dollars a month worth of streaming services and eighty dollars a month on cable, likely you still have a higher percentage on the streaming services that you actually care about based off the fact you chose them compared yeah. to where like the the cable package is like hey do you really want to watch these like nineteen PBS channels and like no nobody wants to watch all of these public service channels why am I paying for this why do you just keep telling me there's three hundred and seventy five channels I only care about four and the other four I want, I got to pay more for. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not ready to jump back into cable uh, because, and it doesn't help that like Disney plus and Netflix are now adding in ads. I think Amazon already has done that. And I'm just like, Oh, really? So I'm not there yet, but I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see, or I'm starting to question 
how valid having multiple streaming services are. In terms of uh, big movie studios, yeah, I, I can't really comment as much because, like, you know, the industry is far better than I do when it comes to streaming services and like studio uh, behind the scenes stuff. However, with studios regarding films, like writers for films, writers for uh, on that, and actors from that, I can see those being able to funnel the like offset the cost by putting it in the budget or i could be wrong offset which cost sorry uh the like the 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 new costs that they have to do due to the uh uh, wga yeah i mean uh putting things in a budget is just a fancy way of saying i plan to do this but doesn't mean i'm actually going to do it right Mm. because the most important thing to business is fundamentally if you think of it like like a person right how much money are they paying you per month right and how much Mm -hmm. are you spending on all the stuff that you have like your car your phone bill all that kind of stuff right and if you have more spending than you have money coming in that month then you ain't running that business it's gone Right. Like, and, and that's what, it, what it'll come down to. Right. It's like how much do they have to pay at what point do they have to pay and how much does, does it affect them? Lots of companies make like a hundred million dollars a year and then go bankrupt because they can't pay enough in the given time frame. Right. At the end of the year is one thing, but month to month. So it, I just I'm just saying there's going to be cancellations. Once you start saying, hey, you got to pay out a few more million dollars. There's going to be cancellations. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, like they've already started doing cancellations. It makes total sense that they'll continue given the situation. I'm a part because it's very interesting. Like, uh, there was so much focus on the top brass, like the execs and the CEOs making the profits, and that there uh, and a lot of the conversations were going towards their salaries being astronomical and the writers and uh, and actors not like the top actors but like you know like the supporting casts and like people who are in multiple shows that sort of thing they're all like living like 40,000 a year st- style lifestyles and i think one of the things that kind of i wouldn't say was pushed but people may have started understanding it that way inaccurately as it is is that this is going to be coming out of the ceo's pockets so they're going to make less millions each year but i see what you're saying about like the business portion because they're not going to take less for this no i mean there's we can get to a long conversation about um uh like ceos and what they're doing and what they're not doing uh, i'm more this is like a personal thing but like i'm more if you're a founder of a company compared to a ceo i feel differently about your compensations um, absolutely i i would agree with that it, it depends on how much risk you put in the game compared to you came in at a, at a time and just started taking compensation um but um the the definitely actors need to to be paid more and the thing that i want more of is I would definitely want more people to be paid decently. Um, but then there's also on the other side, like actors who make a ridiculous amount of money for roles and, and uh, movies that are just boring. Right. And I, I'm all for people getting their, their, their bag, but then sometimes that inflation, like you have a movie and it's like, Oh, this movie was, has a $200 million budget. And then you find out that the first hundred million is just like three people. And you're like, well, that's 
that doesn't help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Like, I, I see what you're saying. The Rock just took sixty million of the budget. Like, <laughs> he can't really act that well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he entertains. Not, yeah, I mean, like, but he can't uh, act. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it later, but like, there are people proving that you can make really good movies for for far less, right? Um, I one thing I'm a really big fan of. And this was, um, uh, from a studio perspective, I would love to see more studios do this, is um, um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's studio. Did you hear about the way that they orchestrated the, the structure of their... So they, they started their own studio. Um, yeah. Their first movie was the one about um, um, Michael Jordan. I almost said Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> but, Just uh, natural at this point. <laughs> I know. But it was about Michael Jordan's uh, history, and it was really a story... Air. About, yeah, air. And it was a story more about his mother than it was about him. Um, yeah. Because she was, like, really fundamental. Um, basically, when they would approach him, they're like, "Well, they they had all these things and whatnot." He's like, "This is a story about my mother. It's not a story about nothing else." We're like, "All right, we're writing the, the story," and then they found out how how important she was. Um, but um, the the what they did with their studio is they give a percentage of the residuals, like the royalties, off of the movie to a lot of the heads of departments. And I would like to see more revenue share um both for like yes for just like the heads of departments but for actors and stuff like that like yes there's residuals and all that kind of stuff but it's just more if something does well the people involved should get more for that right versus some people just going going from paycheck to paycheck like this movie made millions and i still made the same amount of money as if i did something else and then they have to go off and do really crappy films because someone's going to pay them a lot of money to do a really crappy film Right. And uh, yeah, like the studio contracts for like multiple pictures. Yeah. I just feel like if there was more, if this incentive structures are done properly, you can incentivize better films to be done better. And people knowingly going in saying, I'm going to get more out of it if I put more into this. Right. Generally incentivize people to do more outside of, you know, horrible actors and directors to deal with in general, because there's plenty of those. Yeah. Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. I like I yeah, no, I I'm I'm in agreement with this. Uh and I'm I am so well we'll we'll get into this conversation later on, uh, as we keep like uh propping up our, our future topic. But like the whole AI uh conversation and both for actors and writers, I'm glad this has been like struck down and their their work and their selves are being retained and not being exploited yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with utilizing a tool it's another thing to use a tool to replace um people in 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 a creative endeavor i mean we can talk about like mechanics replacing mundane work but this is a, a creative endeavor and we know that like if they write movies with ai we know it's going to be trash because it's going to be a regurgitation between a bunch of middle things like you probably get one or two hits a decade right out of yeah. it that are just somehow a, a mash of so many things but i don't think that they're going to be pushing your brain they're just going to be like wow i never thought about if i were to cross all these things together they would be amazing but it would still miss a flare right it's i gonna, agree it's gonna be like comedy the spark of life 
Yeah, but like, like you know how comedies these days are, are like funny, but not really that funny. It's gonna be. They're like, more like it's like quips. You're like, huh, and yeah. then kind of like moving on. Yeah, you just don't you don't get that that many like fall over on, on your seat like just pissing yourself laughing, right? Like it's just like that's the equivalent of that in every genre. I feel like it's what A is gonna be. It's like oh, I've seen this before. It's this is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean this is nice. I'm enjoying this for now. Yeah, yeah. waiting for a better film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we'll see what happens with the SAG. I think they're starting. Uh, Tuesday or like Monday or Tuesday is when they're going to start having negotiations again. Given what's happened with the WGA, I think we can see that the studios are kind of backed into a corner now. So uh, yeah. if the WGA got such a good deal, there's no way Fran Drescher is not going to let like her actor people to get it. Yeah, but we'll we'll see though because maybe the actors are going to ask for a lot more money and then it's going to be a longer conversation. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right. Moving on to our next topic. So uh, we have uh, been discussing quite frequently. Ooh, uh, we're getting a uh, a message from uh, Courtney leeching off some Timmy's Wi-Fi to watch a couple of minutes of the Geeky Bros. You guys are the best. Very very kind of you. We respect that, Courtney. I hope uh, hope Timmy's is uh, feeding you well and you're getting some prime donuts. And for any of those who don't know, Timmy's is Tim Hortons. It's a Canadian coffee place. It's kind of like Dunkin' Donuts for those who who. It is the reference. Canadian Dunkin' Donuts that is literally everywhere and is a lifesaver when you're on. Um, uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Road trips. I was yeah. going to say ride share, and I'm like, that is not what I was trying to. Say. That's not the right term. However, I've actually realized that Tim Hortons is actually closer to another brand in the United States called Wawa's. So I've just learned that. It's closer to Wawa's. Wawa's? Yeah. It's yeah, Wawa's is a that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a but it's it's Wawa's is interesting because it's like a coffee place, but it's also a gas station. It's interesting. But it it's it, they're a little more similar to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Rod R, are you saying that you like uh, Wawa's better than Tim Hortons? <laughs> we'll wait to see what that response is. No. <laughs> oh, the donuts. the donuts of Tim. Okay, cool. Uh, Wawa's. I, okay, well, uh, well, now you guys all know this. <laughs> for those of you who don't live in, for those of you who don't live in Canada or uh, America, there you go. So, moving on to our next topic. Uh, so we were hopefully uh, will uh, tactics will be joining us. Uh, we have discussed well i should say hold no you know what i'm gonna pass this over to darcy uh if darcy is still here okay oh i'm here uh, uh, okay. i would just put i would just try i'm i don't got any slides right now so i was just trying to spice it up and put it on you for a second now you put it okay, back yeah in. yeah <laughs> I, I, I had a momentary fear i'm like am i the only one in the podcast right now okay so uh <laughs> you i will actually when tactics gets here and then it's like only you <laughs> amazing um, I want to actually pass it to you because this is your topic. This is like, and I'm sure most of you who've been watching our uh, show know when I say this is your uh, Darcy's topic. We are going to be discussing the One Piece Netflix series. So, Darce, how about you uh, take uh, lead us through this one? Yeah. So uh, before we get into that, the last time we talked about this, correct? You guys only watched half of it. Am I correct yeah. on that? Yeah. All right. 
All right, yeah. So let me let, let me do a little uh, quick, quick setup here. So yeah, One Piece. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it, it is the uh, anime phenomenon that's spreading around the world so strong that even the ladies of the View are now talking about it. Okay, I heard <laughs> <laughs> that tells you everything <laughs> how popular it is. Um, but yeah, no, Netflix had an eight episode series uh, on the anime. They adapted like the first seven. 70 to 80 um, episodes um, and you know it's the first time we've ever had a anime live adaptation that's actually you know really caught the essence leaned into the anime vibe and uh, just you know uh, overall didn't disappoint in those regards but obviously it's live action there's only so much you can do so there's always going to be some flaws here and there oh look at that we now have some slides I am really curious. I mean, I'll I'll give you my, my, my lowdown. I've said this a few times, but I really enjoyed this season. I loved how this exact scene ended it. I was thinking of a different ending, and then this came in, and I was like, yeah, that was the right way uh, of doing it. Um, I just felt like it really captured a lot of the essence, and for me, that it, it just made me happy. Like, the, as it progressed, for the most part, I just really just dug into it it felt like the original content to me it has its moments where it it fails the cat cat costume just did not work you guys thought it was something else um i thought it was vampires the whole time i'm like just showing you it's not working um, yeah <laughs> but but on the flip side though they did not shy away ever from just leaning into exactly what the characters are like when you see them there's only a few things that they haven't adapted usopp is supposed to have a pinocchio nose uh he does not have that in the show um but i'm really hoping that at some point i there was a a, a tiktok creator who said uh he they hope that they because he, he lies a lot that at some point they start randomly telling him he has a long nose for lying and then you just keep saying it to the point that he starts believing he actually has a long nose and he's just getting <laughs> insecure about it i think that would be amazing um but i i really love this and i really want to know because you guys watched this recently i want to know what you guys feel uh for, from your review perspective so umar what would you feel Okay, so I, for, for my uh, background, I have not watched the anime ever. I haven't seen a, a single episode. I've seen clips that Darcy have sent me and that Pete TikTok has thrown me every once in a while. And then my friend, and uh, yeah, and like a couple of friends, but like I have not watched One Piece. So I, when I started watching the show, I had only the clips and Darcy's uh, rave reviews about it. I started watching. And we, we, as we discussed, I found it a little jarring at first, but I, I, you know, as episodes kept going, I kept acclimatizing more and more. And like you said, some things just were not working. However, enough worked because uh, I would say when I first started this uh, series, the season, I was viewing this as like a six point five. By the end of it, I'm going to give it like a seven and a half. Hmm. I actually would give it a seven, but I'm giving the extra point because they tried and while it didn't work for me, I don't take points off for them for that. So, so you, you don't like the show? No, because uh, I'm saying that I, I would give it a seven, but I'm giving it a seven, uh, a 7.5 for like the stuff that worked against me. I'm not 
taking marks off for the uh, for the. I'm more like I'm taking marks against myself. But I do actually like I do enjoy the show because a seven. I don't give a seven if I'm not going to keep watching because I am going to keep watching. Fucking hater. There it is. <laughs> there he is. No, I, I'm just trying to find because you said it doesn't work for me, and I just didn't know what that meant because it sounds like a blanket so, statement. Okay, no, I, not a, it's not a blanket statement. It's about the stuff that didn't work. I believe they didn't work for me. I don't think they're objectively didn't work. Like, ah, for I example, I, I found a lot, a lot of the lines very cheesy and very difficult for me to accept. However, some of those lines, not all of them, some of those lines... If, as an actor, if someone comes to me and is like, this is what you have to say, you got to act like this person while saying it, and this is your backstory towards doing it, I don't know how fuck you're going to make those lines work. So I'm not going to be like, yo, this director, this writer, and these actors all fucked up. No, they didn't. (laughs) They, They tried to adapt a cartoon that is meant to be wacky, and they're trying to, like, replicate the essence and the heart of it while also being, like, giving homage. I'm not going to tell these people how to do their jobs because I don't even know how to, like, when I've been upset about stuff in, like, DCEU, MCU, uh, like, freaking CW, I have shit to say and, like, things for them to fix. This, I got no notes because I don't know how to make it work. So I'm not going to deduct marks from them just because I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, instead of like being like, "Well, this is difficult. Let's just do something completely different." They're like, "No, we're we're gonna do it and respect it." The one thing I, I and I haven't watched the show in English, but I would also there are when I've seen clips of certain things and watching this show, like they got the essence for me. But yeah, there's definitely some stuff that I'm like, oh, "That's not exactly how how it is for me." And I think that there's also a Japanese sense of humor that. Um, you know, may not translate 100% into the English. Plus character voices. Even when I listen to, like, the English dub version, I'm like, yo, why, why they choose that guy? Like, the voice is so different for me. Like, it doesn't have the gravitas or doesn't have this. And, like, Luffy has something that they don't have at all in the English one that really bothers me. His laugh is kind of halfway between joy and a and a witch. It's kind of a cackle. It's like it's like a joyous cackle, and it's very okay. it's very unique, and it's you love him for it because he's just like he's got this like hit, 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 like kind of like up and down like just kind of hard laugh that's just like it's so ridiculous and it's just so loving and and when you bring it to English it doesn't quite translate so for me some of that stuff where it's like yeah the lines are rough for me I also know like they're rough because they're not the the Japanese and so for me I'm like yeah. That, yeah, it, it, it doesn't translate very well. But, like, at least you're doing it. At least you're not, like, completely changing it. But, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I, uh, and, like, so the last time we reviewed this, uh, when I was halfway, I think Tactics was, like, one episode ahead of me. And he was talking about, um, oh, my God, the dude with this massive sword, um, Miwok or something? Mihawk. Mihawk. Uh, yeah. So, like, you guys were talking about, like, a massive disrespect. And I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> And then I saw it, I'm like, dude, that's some bullshit. Yo, f- <laughs> fuck you. You, like, I, I, you. You know what that was? You remember remember Men in Black 1 where he hands him the small little gun? He, he ends up being the like, powerful one. That was, noisy <laughs> cricket. <laughs> that was a noisy cricket. He pulled out the noisy cricket sword. And it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Go on, though. Yeah, so, like, watching that, because, like, uh, 
there are times the episode like the the camera angles i can respect the fact that they're doing the usual the, the usual can- camera angles from anime i like that it's weird but like i get i i can get used to it some of the acting i recognize as very anime like so like there's times i'm just like oh i'm going to just accept that but i know what they're doing and i i appreciate them but mm. but then like when some of the action sequences happened like when mihawk uh showed up uh, and like I was like, okay, this is actually working for me. Uh, and then uh, and then he put, and then he like does that thing. I'm like, okay, that's some that's some bullshit disrespect. But then I'm like, yo, I've seen this happen multiple times in anime, and it landed, and it landed hard. Now when they cut him, uh, and like, uh, sorry, when uh, when uh, um, Zoro gets cut, I'm like, yeah, I can imagine the anime would be a lot more bloodier than this. Cause like he he just looked like someone just like just like lightly grazed his stomach and everyone's like he's lost so much blood I'm like has he <laughs> and then I, I you know I actually went and checked it out in the anime and like brother got cut down yeah so I'm not like I found myself not liking something and then immediately supporting it it's like it's like when you see your kids play. You know you ain't watching Oscar level stuff, but you you proud of them when when they do shit and when they get their line out and you're like, yo, yo, this is kind of like that. I don't have the love for it the way you do, Darcy, but I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's why like I can't give it more than a because I would give it a seven, but like that's if I'm just giving my initial reaction. But my respect for the show makes me give it a 7.5 like i'm not i'm not going to deduct marks just because there are certain things i don't like so like i'm giving it a 7.5 i'm going to see season two and i will say that if that's how you feel watching the anime would would double or not double but like bring you like two more points um because you already got over the weirdness of the show the show is wacky like when you watch the anime it's wacky but the anime is cartoonly drawn almost like american cartoonly drawn like it's especially the early seasons and so um but it it evolves over time and so it's if you can accept its weirdness which it doesn't take that long to accept because there's something really like it's leaning towards you're like this is really interesting it just builds into this beautiful thing. It's a lot slower than the beginning, but like every anime from oh, the 90s I, is. Um, yeah. And so it just is what it is. But yeah. Um, I, I will super... say, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah. Like, I, I will say that Luffy, I want to like the character. I find the character to be a type that I have, I've seen in Shonen and that I like. Nami is someone that, like, I. I actually have massive respect for the actress because apparently she's the one who's like the massive weeb on on the show. So like all to her. Zoro, I, like I, I like the actor how he's portraying him. I I know that char- that character arc Im- immensely. I will say I can't stand Usopp, <laughs> uh, but I like I think I think I probably just need another season to get used to him. Sanji is the only one I don't believe. Like all the other characters are their characters, and I, I like I I believe them, which is why like I'm not a huge fan of Usopp because I'm not a huge fan of the actor of the uh, of of the character. I like the actor, not the character. Sanji, I don't like the actor as because I thought I would, given what I learned about like how he prepared for the role, but for some reason it just 
it's just bothering me. Yo, his but however his episode the, the French. kid it's it's the Frenchness that's bothering you. <laughs> and the and the reality is his character is very French. Um like okay. in the anime he's very he's he's very French. Um to the, to the fact that he has a French accent while speaking Japanese, which I absolutely love because he says when he when he's in love with Nami, right? And he's like Nami Schwan, and he oh he takes Swan a son into like Schwan, and it sounds like a swan. And I'm just like what? And I had to like look it up. I'm like, is he actually saying this? Everyone knows he's saying this. He's like he changes things into like when he's really affectionate woman, and he's just he's such a simp. And it gets worse over time. Like it's so much worse. He's not a simp in this though. Oh, he becomes such a hardcore simp. He's. There's a whole arc where now he has like bleeding nose every time he's around beautiful women. Like it's just it's insane. It's it's it is like he and the show is so ridiculous. The thing that you don't love about Usopp and stuff like that is that this show where this really lacks is showing interpersonal relationship. It doesn't yeah. spend a lot of time on it. And what you end up loving about Usopp and all these characters is they have these like dynamic moments where like like for instance all the guys love stupid guy stuff right like someone shows up with a robot and all of a sudden they're all like googly eyes and having a good time and there just be like different dynamics with different characters where like luffy will say something stupid and then they'll be like usopp and another character in the background be like like nami like nani <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just and the way they act acts like real people it's very right. very real and like you just you can anticipate like certain things are going to happen and someone asks a question like a brand new person to the ship you know this character's going to respond you know these other three characters are going to be in the slide out in the background and just give like 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 a funny response to it you just know and so there's like some of those you're missing because usopp is like the pathetic liar who's also in a ridiculously good sniper over time and he becomes extremely important in certain moments but he's yeah. always like a whole ass bitch all the damn time he's always like whining and complaining <laughs> about the fight but then luffy would be like shoot this thing and he'd be like done right it just he, he he's super clutch and then he's whiny the whole time because he's super underpowered and everyone's op but he does stuff that nobody else can do which is which is amazing but anyways okay. i'll stop there all right well I'm 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 pretty much out. So like I, T, I'm gonna volume it to you, man. Like what? Uh, since you watched the whole uh, series, what do you think overall? What would you rate it overall? Uh, I share both your sentiments. I I actually I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I'd give it in terms of my rating. I think I'd give it probably seven point eight. Oh, seven point eight. So it, seven point five, seven point eight, eight. Let's go. Yeah, like it started yeah. off. It started off kind of on the lower side for me in the beginning because like you guys said it is a weird fucking show like i was like what am i watching and i don't know if i can commit to this like full time but uh it it, it definitely has legs it grows on you for sure and um i started getting really invested in a lot of the characters uh love luffy um love zoro really? yeah yeah I, okay. I, like, well like i any any character that does like a bunch of flips and shit like that, I'm sold. I'm like, yo, this guy's dope. Like, I, I'm I'm in. And the <laughs> shit that he was doing was entertaining to me. Um, and yeah, I just i I like his I like his humble, kindred spirit. Like he's got he's got a certain aura about him, a certain presence that I I I don't know that pulls me in. And his determination and his like, again, we we go back to this whole um, being a delusional 
having delusional determination, being a delusional dreamer. Like he he embodies that to a T and it's awe-inspiring to me. So I'm easily captivated by characters like that, that, you know, that give you hope, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, oh man, this, this motherfucker is not rap too tight. He's kind of crazy, but you know, he sells it so well to the point where I'm, yo, I'm on board. Like if I was part of that crew, I'd be like, all right, you crazy, but I'm with you. And that's exactly what Zoro did. Zoro was like, yo, I'm not part of this crew, bro. So like, stop telling me, stop saying that like we're like a crew when we're not. And then he saw, he basically saw what Luffy was all about. And he was like, oh, okay. Like I, I vibe with this guy. I'm going I'm to be his, uh, what do they call it? Secondhand man or uh, 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 his first mate. First mate, yeah. So um, I also love that none of them know how to make, like you ride a boat. <laughs> or, yeah. Sorry, work a boat. Yeah, I mean that changes later. They they do pick somebody up who knows boats extremely okay. well. <laughs> but that's like that. That's actually one of my favorite arcs. Period. Mm-hmm. But anyways, go, moving on. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So overall, I liked it. Seven point eight. Um. I liked. Uh. What is it? Ar- Arlong. The. Yeah. Yeah. The, Yo, the Arlong was cool. Was uh, I'll give him that. Yeah. He was yeah. cool. He was a whole ass bitch. I was like, oh, okay. That that's what we doing up here. All right, cool. Um yo, he kept that girl in like mm-hmm. he kept her like and like made her like draw maps 24-7. Then it was like, yo, oh, happy yeah. birthday. And then sold her out. Oh, oh 100%. yo, that was a bitch move. I was like, fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, 100 percent yo. You know what though? Like we you so do you notice like um this whole scene here did you notice like the tone when they came in and someone's like they're not even hiding it like what what race are they supposed to be if they were humans do y'all you, you pick up on that oh the negros man <laughs> <laughs> i thought there was more than that but okay no 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 so um the reason uh is because we later on you find out that there's a huge backstory between the fishmen and the humans and how the humans enslave the fishmen. And it's the, the reason why he, he just is so visual is because he hates humans. He hates humans and they do a good backstory as to why he hates humans and why other why there's such a conflict between fishmen and, and, yeah. the, and the human race. And it's uh, it's deep. Like it gets it's a really big like 80, 90 episode arc and it's, and it's deep. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's, there's a lot behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I liked it. I, I have nothing really else to add. I do. I do want to ask, uh, one thing T. what did you think of about the fights? Uh, I enjoyed most of them I, for me. I think the weirdest thing to wrap my head around and Darcy said, um, that this was kind of his shtick. But um, the the French guy, like the the way he fights with like just his legs, yeah. like that that for some like I got it, but it, it just for it just looked weird. I'm sure I'm sure it works in the anime, but for some reason, because I'm sure they had him on like um uh, on like wire. a harness or yeah a wire or whatever, right? So I don't know. For me, it just it it felt very gimmicky, and yeah. ob- obviously the show is like a a whole bunch of gimmicks but it just like it, it that kind of just took it over the top i was on board with the snail shit even though it was hella weird <laughs> i love my snails uh, i will i will never forget how your girl like like it was like we were like we're like talking at dinner and she's like yeah he like he's telling me he's like referring to like that he's like he's telling me about this show and i'm just like looking at him and then he, he brings up the snails and he's like i didn't believe him and so he had to show it to me i was like 
Yeah, because I'm like, like those are... I, I'm like, they talk uh, like they they have snails as phones, and she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like it's like a deck. It looks it's a phone that looks like a snail. I'm like, no, 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 you, you didn't hear me. I, like the, the 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 phone is the snail, and she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, okay, you know what? I I just have to show you. <laughs> you can't you can't explain this. <laughs> oh, and then you... I showed her, and she was like, oh, so it, it's it's a. It's a snail phone. I'm like, exactly. It's a live snail. It's yeah. a phone. Yeah. They're amazing because they emote. They yeah. emote the other person. And then they'll have like That's snails fuck. dressed up as like the character yeah. they're part of. Oh, it's so good. I can't remember what other medium, but there was some other show that had a similar idea, not snail specifically, but like they used a random object to be something else. Yeah, me Mihawk. Yeah. I mean, he he he's badass. He's he's far more Dracula in the anime though um they don't oh. fully capture that here he's like paler whiter skin um and just very much the dracula of uh, of, of the universe um but uh yeah no I, going back to the sanji thing though and they, they even it gets explained at one point he never uses his hands to fight um and he ends up fighting another cook at one point and he's like he's like um as a chef you're never supposed to use your knives to hurt people because you're only supposed to use them to make food. So it's like part of his like belief system. But he's like, but for you, I'll make an exception. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> because the cook is disrespecting the rules. So he's like, for you, I'll make an exception. And, right. and then it's the only time he ever fights with his hands. And you find out he's like Zoro level with, with blades. He is, he is literally holding himself back. <laughs> I like, I will say that uh, ha having, okay, I'm going to admit to a massively dorky thing but like having seen uh people put swords or knives in their mouths for fighting in anime i decided to test it out a couple of times to see if i had the jawstring for it uh, i do not <laughs> shut up you knew it was, you knew where i was going with this I, I had no idea where you were going with that to be honest <laughs> uh, so many problems with what you just said it it was uh, at one point, like the second time I tried it out, almost had an accident that was that like difficult, but thankfully it didn't happen. Anyway, so the concept of seeing don't, Zoro, uh, don't ever say that on. again in public. Don't ever. No, say yeah. that. I mean, why would you say that when it's recorded? <laughs> <laughs> but like, so like when I saw him put like the sword a handle in his mouth, I'm like, yo, this is not gonna look real, and like it looked like he made me believe he could cut me with that thing. And I was like, I respect it. Like there is a lot of, like, I don't disrespect Sanji actor. I just don't believe him. And I don't believe the character, but overall I have a shit ton of respect for everyone involved. Literally everyone involved. I, I, it, like, while I'm giving this a 7.5, while I would want to naturally give it a 7, if someone's going to come after the show, I'm going to be defending it. Wow, like, I like to hear that. I like to yeah, hear that. I'm going to be defending it because, like, bro, what would – how would you do this differently? There is no way you could do this. This is the only way, and, and they're is, doing this it. This is Oda's way, so get over the, it. A hundred percent. So, like, yeah. And, like, this guy, I kind of want to like, – I didn't get the Dracula vibe, but to be fair, I was only I was only watching it from like uh, Zoro's action sequences. So like I mostly saw like the back of his self and seeing like Zoro yeah. throwing stuff around. So like I probably didn't get a look at him, but I like how this actor played it. Yeah, I mean he he's rarely ever in the show, 
But every time he, after this first introduction, you're afraid every time. There's, a, there's like a big war he shows up in. It's a big war. Like think almost as big as um, the uh, Fourth Great Ninja War. And it's like not the end of the show. Um, and and so he shows up at it. And I was like so afraid. But then he's kind of like, he's a warlord. So they don't, they don't really work for the government. So he shows yeah. up to basically do the minimum standard and fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I have to be here, basically. Cut something, <laughs> cut something, please. Like, it was pretty much like he was there, but he was like not really trying. At one point, just staying there, like do something. He's like, I don't have to. It's like, what? It's like, what are you going to do? The guy could literally cut an island apart. Like, what are you going to say? <laughs> like, um, but uh, yeah, I have a question, though, because this mm. show, especially the anime, has amazing moments where it really teaches you something like you guys haven't seen this yet but there's a character named tom that ever since he taught me a lesson in this it has literally been ingrained in me ever since and i repeat it to myself with all big tough decisions in my life uh, since since meeting this character so okay. since, since you guys have had the first big introduction to one of the big emotional moments that for most people in the anime was a turning point right when some people were like i don't know i don't know whatever because you know the anime is obviously slower from the first 80 100 episodes right and um and then people saw this and like okay i'm all in now what do you how did you guys feel at the nami moment when she looked back and she said like luffy Help me. You go, T. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I felt for her in that moment um, because once it was revealed why she was doing what she was doing and the conviction that she had demonstrated throughout her journey um, and then just seeing the level of like defeat on her face, she was literally helpless and she had she had created this perception of basically disowning everyone and anyone who ever cared for her um, and didn't disclose why. So she left, she was living with this burden of being ridiculed and, and, and villainized for her decision, the decision that she made. And that's a heavy burden to, to carry with you as from, a, from childhood to adolescence or well not adolescence but like you know however adulthood oh, yeah adulthood right um so in that moment there was like um you could see the moment of weakness and it's a good contrast because luffy based on like his character up until that point he was very aloof to, to certain things you not know, like you know and like all, he was kind of like airy fairy and like head in the clouds kind of thing. But in that moment, he had such like determination and conviction. It was just like, yo, like now shit's about to get real. You just hurt my friend. So now I'm about to fuck shit up. I'm about to handle business. And just that whole, I know you were, you, you were specifically asking about um, no, her, but. No, that's part of it. It's, it's, it's both the Nami and the Luffy, the, the part I'm asking about all of it. Yeah, so it was just like there was a there was a dramatic character shift in in that moment where it was like, oh, we're seeing we're seeing completely different sides of both of these characters that we haven't yet gotten, and it's very interesting because um, she was very much a very determined, very like, you know, I'm gonna do this by myself, like I don't need anyone, you know just you know solo dolo kind of thing whereas luffy was all about like 
you know, like I said, he was very airy, very head in the clouds. His crew. Yeah, he was all about his crew and, and everything. But then you see the shift where it's like now, okay, she's gone from being solo dolo to like being like, okay, like I can't do this on my own. I need, like I, I, I got to this point by myself and I dropped the bag and I fumbled. And now I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. And I can't do this by myself. And Luffy's just like, he doesn't rub it in her face. He doesn't make her feel guilty about it. He's just like, okay, I know. I, and I'm I'm here to help you. No no other questions asked. He doesn't give a fuck what the intent. I don't think I didn't even think he at that point he knew why she did what she did. He just no. no. And I added, added a little bit of context from the anime. Uh -huh. They get to the island and everyone's saying some bad stuff about her. Uh -huh. And or sorry, no, she said she's gonna leave, and everyone's like, I guess we should fuck off. Uh -huh. And he's like he knows character about people he knows yeah. they're good so he goes she i don't believe her she's lying i'm not going anywhere mm -hmm. and then everyone's going and finding out this backstory and he says i don't care i don't want to hear about it he just ignores all of it he just knows there's something deeper yeah and when even when he's sitting around and he's told he falls asleep he doesn't pay attention <laughs> to the story which is it's aloofness right mm -hmm. um and then he just waits for her uh -huh. and then when she finally asks he knows he just knew something was there he didn't need to know what it was he just knew he needed her to ask for help and uh -huh. until she was ready to ask for help he wasn't leaving and he what and he was waiting to help her but he always requires that they come to that moment of themselves and then he will jump in but he won't do anything for them until they're ready for it and this is what I love about anime because it, it 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 reflects or parallels life in a lot of ways. Because I think in that moment that that just goes to show like true friendship right there, and that's how it should be. Like if, for instance, like if I heard rumors being spread about any one of you guys, right? Rather than taking that as gospel and be like, "Oh shit, Darcy did that," or Umar said that, or whatever, I'm going straight to the source, and I want to hear it coming from your lips i want to hear I, I i want you to be able to defend yourself if that if word on the street is true i want it to come from the source and not from any external factors and i i feel like in that moment that he honored that he was like and and the thing is it's like they had, they didn't really know each other all that long but it was just like like you said he's like he he knows character and it's almost like a sixth sense for him it's like it's like an additional power that he has where he's just like i just know people you know and that's a very that's a rarity because people are often you know whether in this series or just in general in life people are very quick to judge people based off of like superficial things and or apathetic really, yeah and so I I rate that in that moment that was that was a dope scene I I also like I had a little bit of context beforehand because I had watched the scene because you sent it to me Darcy but like for me like what I found I loved which I was banking on I saw and I was happy with was the humanity that luffy showed in that moment like uh it, it was a mixture of what like I, I agree with everything you said to t uh and i i like the the added context you gave darcy but like i will also say that like the, the, i i like the fact that luffy's idea of a pirate is like a, a borderline humanitarian like he's a pirate of of the heart yeah and it's just like everyone's like I'm, he's like i'm a pirate everyone's like But like that, so I like calling him the pirate of the heart because he wins people over against their will, <laughs> literally against their will. Uh, and so, um, 
that's I think what defined both of their characters in that moment. You, you know what? Uh, they, they actually, add a little more to that is like Luffy actually isn't a humanitarian. He just no, I know. no, no, but no, but what I mean by this is it's 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 a very interesting nuance you learn. His belief is freedom. He believes that people should yeah. be free and that people should unabashedly chase their dreams. And he yeah. does not want to allow people to not to not believe in themselves and their own dreams. And so if he sees like there's like an, an arc that's happening right now and I've seen a clip from it. I haven't seen it because it's hundreds of episodes ahead of me. But he somebody says something like, oh, it's OK, whatever. And he just looks at them with such passion and like ferocity in his eyes and just is saying he's like i'm going to make a place that you can eat whatever you want because clearly these people are enslaved and they, they can't eat whatever they want and he's like when i leave you're going to live in a place where you can eat whatever you want right basically don't hold back on your dreams their person's dreams probably is to just eat freely right he believes in freedom and he's a pirate but then when they whenever he goes somewhere he's so childish and that he just sees adventure people will be like don't go there that's dangerous and he'd be like that seems like fun that seems like an adventure and he just is free to just do what he wants and just live it out and then he finds people who are not free and he liberates them to freedom because it's his belief in freedom not so much like just doing good like he there's times where like they want to steal and now he wants to steal and he's like all right cool like he doesn't <laughs> care right he just doesn't care like all right we're pirates do what you want like pirates are free to do what they want if that's what you want to do but he just doesn't want to like to hurt bad people or hurt good people right yeah and so but he, he he has a lot of time fun doing a lot of stuff that's also like there's moments where you're like he's not it's kind of like goku in that he just wants to keep fighting whereas this guy yeah. just wants to be free and sometimes you'll do stuff and you're like well that's not what superman would do he's like nope <laughs> he's a pirate <laughs> he's not he's not like all good he's just He's not bad either. It's just like it's just it's a little bit funny, nuanced. Uh, like just a, a final moment before we like uh, move on to the next topic. I I, I want to say regarding Luffy, uh, the actor who's playing Luffy. Um, he's a Mexican actor. I, I haven't seen him in anything else. I'm not sure if he's done anything else, but I like how he plays Luffy. Granted, without knowing what Luffy is like in the anime, because the way I see it is a guy who got his dream job and is just like bringing that wide-eyed, I got my dream job to the role and making it a part of the role. Yeah. And makes me kind of like, uh, root for him is not the right word because I'm already, I'm like, I'm like rooting for the show. Uh, it's like, um, relate, relate to the actor's uh, efforts. Mm, well said. The real Luffy. Like, if yeah. animated could be real, would that he would love that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Moving on to our next topic. So, uh, this has not been getting a lot of, this film that we're about to review, spoiler free, uh, has not been getting a lot of press. Uh, but it, it was something that I had uh, clocked a while back and brought to the group, and we, we all saw the trailer. Darcy and I got a chance to watch it on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and, Darcy, how about you go first, man? What did you think of the creator? The, uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming before you put push that up. I was like, die. 
Umar, for context, that's Tyler, the creator. <laughs> He's a rapper and a singer. <laughs> he also is black, so is the main character. <laughs> Not really related. Uh, <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> he's like, when he's not on camera, this is what John. <laughs> oh, John uh, David Washington. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, like that, that killed me. What was your question? <laughs> uh, so, um, okay, so for the, for the creator, uh, the the movie about AIs uh, at war with humans, like the zillionth one. Uh, with John David Washington uh, as the lead role and Gareth Edwards, who directed Rogue One, a Star Wars story, being the writer, the co-writer and direct and the director of the film. Yeah. So what are my, my general thoughts on it? Um, yeah. Spoiler free. I, yeah. I love this film. Um, and the more I'm learning about this film, the more I'm loving this film. Um, this film was cinematically beautiful. Um, gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and this this is not spoiling for the content but it, but it's just I'm, I'm trying to hype this movie up right now so yeah. this film was done on an 86 million dollar budget Ooh. and it out blows like it's at um the the closest cgi comparison would be avatar way of water okay like he's it, not wrong it's that level it blows everything marvel does out of the water with a third the budget basically um, T, you don't have, like honestly like as much as i love thanos thanos doesn't hold a candle to these guys to these graphics no because the, the these guys really the the director has a has a vfx background and he's smart he did he knew that you have to capture a lot of stuff in camera they were very smart they chose a very affordable camera instead of the more expensive one but it's still got imax level um they filmed everything on set and then the one thing they did and i'm just i'm just doing this to hype it because i just i just need to hype this film. hype it brother they they filmed the whole thing right they brought it back they edited the whole thing into a five-hour film then they cut it back down to its final 30 or sorry 30 minute film three hour it's like it's a short story it's a, um, it's a two hour and if 13 yeah, minute long film yeah they, they cut it down to its final theatrical length then they sent the whole film off to VFX, knowing that the VFX team would now, and all the CGI work, would not have to ever re-edit a scene last minute like She-Hulk, where like they're going to change it like the day before we get it. Like, oh, how good are the graphics going to be? Sometimes it takes you 12 hours just to render a graphic, so you give the guy like 10 minutes to make the change. Like, or the flash. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and so they these guys knew exactly everything they are working on. They they it, It's just beautiful and and the guy who, who who directed this um he's done um godzilla he he um what was the other mm. one he did godzilla what was the other film that was really rogue big. one rogue one yes um and he does an amazing job of scale and world and environment so you really can feel how big everything is it's like a war and you really see the scale of the machines you see the scale uh, of um the ai you see how the ai is integrated into the world it feels very real very organic uh actually you know another film that i'd say that the graphics are at the same level of um or it's actually better because it's still more advanced what was that one where the aliens lived on the planet and it was shot in south africa district nine. Oh, district, district nine. nine yeah it's like that in that it's yeah. very grounded very natural very organic um it it's just 
beautiful. And then going to the actual content of the story. Actually, let me just say this quickly before the content of the story. Acting is phenomenal. Everyone does, does an amazing job. Like, hands Agreed. down, this man, we already know he's good. He's not getting worse, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the cast, all amazing people, phenomenal. Um, a lot of Asian representation in this film because it's filmed in a, in, in a place called New Asia, which is just like an amalgamation of, of multiple different countries. They had uh, multiple languages speaking. There was Hindi, Japanese, Chinese, Thai. Like, uh, like honestly, I couldn't keep track. Yeah, I want to rewatch this and see if I can hear some Kamai in there. But anyways, um, it, it, all the acting is phenomenal. Um, now, getting to the content of the story, the thing for me, um, uh, tactics. Remember uh, the the four of us, not, not including Umar, uh, in this, went out for a double date and we watched a movie about artificial intelligence called Megan. Yes. You remember how I was such a fan of the artificial intelligence in that film? <laughs> um, this is fundamentally the opposite uh, mm. for me um, because it shows this integration of AI in our world and mm -hmm. yet fear-mongering around the that integration it this this movie projects the idea that artificial intelligence could be good but our human ignorance and our fear um could view it wrong and use and, it wrong. and disinformation being programming against it yeah there's a, we were having this deep discussion right after the film and i made this statement that i'm like it's the program it's programming versus programming the programming of the artificial intelligence against the fear-mongering programming in the humans right like telling humans the wrong information and they're being programmed to think something that isn't true to reality for and everyone's fear about the programming that the ais have and what it could do and what it's actually not doing um and there's yeah. also an interesting aspect where like uh sorry to cut you off uh Darcy, that like the programming of empathy from the for the ais was so consistent and the fear mongering from humans are so consistent that that's essentially what caused the war to start yeah and also makes us sympathize with the ai ultimately yeah the the ai it's it's, it's beautiful because they have so many different iterations like you've got these guys here that have more of a you know like a ufo kind of uh uh head you got ones that look very um ha inspired by things like grasshoppers heads you got ones that are very obviously humanoid where they have human faces and um it's yet there's so much like expression and you can see empathy even in characters who have nothing to emote and yet they use the body language like there's this one ai that you feel for um and he's very like one art ai is saying i think we should do this and he's not with it he's just like very expressive he's just like it's like the frustration you can feel the acting and he has no facial expressions other than like a jaw that moves and eyes that maybe kind of like move a little bit but don't really and, and they're like the eyes are like light bulbs like they're like, or like a flashlight it's like they're not really like something that can emote um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a really good film. Now, is it a film like I'm going to watch over and over and over again? I don't know. Like, the more I sit with it, the more I kind of want to go back and watch it again. Like, uh, my first gut reaction was, is like, I, I don't know if I want to watch it multiple times. But now, the more I sit with it, for me, it's like creeping up on me like the Batman. It's just something so interesting about it. Like, I just, I do think I need another, a second dive into this. Which, 
since I mentioned that, the cinematographer who helped consult mm. on the film in the beginning also worked on Matt Reeves, the Batman. Um, and, and Dune. And Dune, yeah. And he, he literally helped consult, then had to leave to go for Dune too. So, you know, all good company in, in, in the production of this film. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just, it's really good. And, um, yeah, solid, like for me, 8 out of 10. I think that people need to see it because I think it's important conversation that we don't only get our misinformation about technology yeah. from things like Megan and we just live in, live in fear. So, yeah. So for me, I'll say that uh, I gave this a 7.5. I like, <clears throat> let me put it this way I like the film. I wanted to love it, but I like the film, but I was kept from loving it. Not because of acting. Acting was phenomenal all, all across the board. Like the freaking um, the uh, the actress uh, who plays uh, Alfie, like the young girl, in, in, in the AI young girl, had me to tears. John uh, David Washington killed it. Gemma Chan killed it. Ken Watanabe only killed it. There was no bad acting here. Like Allison Jenny, who plays the villain, it's hard to even call her a villain because like you get that she's like dehumanized the enemy to such a degree that she's like, I'm just turning off a toaster. Why is everyone getting mad at me about this? So, like, it's, it's, the acting is on par. The dialogue is actually not bad. And, like, the, oh, I, like, I can't say as technically correct and how, like, eloquently as Darcy put it, but the graphics, T, the graphics are just like, they, they have flying spaceships and uh, AIs having battles. If you, if I was like, if, if you, I, if I didn't have to remind myself that everything I just saw was CGI, I would be like, yo, man, they, they, they caught the camera really well with those uh, AI and, and that, like, that flying saucer, or sorry, not flying saucer, like flying, like, uh, spaceship, or not even a spaceship, more like an orbital ship. Nonetheless, these things that obviously don't exist in this world, I forgot they were fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, so the, my, problem with this film was the narrative pacing because i know the story they were trying to tell i like the story they were trying to tell and i would say they were relatively close to executing it well but you really feel that a much longer longer story was really cut down to make this a film like if this was a three-part series that they just like to, like they all filmed together like Lord of the Rings and like released in three parts, I think this would have been like this would be like the trilogy that would make me cry my eyes miles out by the end of it. If you told me they wanted to do a mini series out of this, I would be like this would have been a perfect size for a mini series. But the fact that they wanted to do a two-hour and thirteen-minute little film, I think, is the main issue here because the narrative in the first act was good, second act re still relatively good. There was a lot of exposition and like forcing you to connect with characters that I was like, I need a little bit more time with this, but I get that it sucks. And then in the third one, they just were like rushing through plot points. And I'm like, those are really good plot points. Go back. Okay, here we are. And so like, that's my problem with the film. It was rushed when I like, and I wanted more. Like I, if they ever come out with like, I don't think they will, but if they ever come out with a five and a half hour, uh, like, director's cut blu-ray for the creator i am going to be front and center buying that thing because i want to watch the full five hour story like you know, that's how much of yeah sorry i was gonna say on, on that five hour piece though i think likely the studio just didn't want to fund two films but i think two two and a half hour films 
like that would have been the, the way to get the whole thing out. 100%. However, I think that the, the likelihood of us getting like a director's cut of this being like three and a half hours would be more likely um uh of a thing that potentially ever happen right because it's like you add on tack on 40 40 minutes to an hour onto this you're still cutting it down but you're just adding in all the the, the pieces more streamlined are... yeah 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 i think i think that would be the place because i mean the five hour cut there's there's got to be like 20 percent of that it's just like not not needed right you're just like oh, we don't need all that like even the director be like, is a waste let's cut this <laughs> yeah fair enough but nonetheless like like this made me want to watch more um this made like and something you said darcy like um i i was critical coming out of it as you know me but on the drive home uh when i was like uh like you know getting ready for bed when i was about to go to sleep when i slept was all thinking about this film like the like the sh the shows of empathy from a mechanic from a mechanical being the the wanton dehumanization the surprisingly massive amount of, of vilification of the american military which i'm not used to from an american film uh and like just the, like the the rawness of humanity in several scenes just stayed with me and like this film reminded me of the magic of and the, of the magic and the film uh, and the art of filmmaking without it being like the big Hollywood budgets and and bullshit. Mm. And like I like I want to love it really badly, but I had trouble with the narrative pacing. Sometimes you just gotta watch a film, bro. You just gotta watch a film, okay? Sometimes you just gotta stop analyzing it while you watch Bro, it. you know who you're talking to? That's impossible for this guy. I know. I know. The guy out here, like, let me just hold up. Let me uh, slow, slow the movie down. You gotta take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, T, just, uh, just before we move on, like, what are your thoughts on watching this film now that you've heard what we have to say? Uh, well, I checked out IMDb. IMDb, IMDb gave it a 7.3, which is good in my books. Uh, and just hearing you guys talk about it has me even more interested in checking it out. Uh, I was always, I was already planning on watching it, but you guys have really sold the film for me. And it looks interesting. And with the boom of AI being what it is now, I'm, I'm interested to see... Um, how they highlight that now because you know back in the day when we used to watch terminator and like shit like that was like so far removed from us because we were like okay yeah that's that's probably gonna happen in like not even in my lifetime so it's like it's it's good entertainment but now when you see like movies like this and you're like oh shit this is actually like a lot closer than i thought it was gonna be so it has you a little shook and um intrigued at the same time so yeah I, I definitely want to check it out and and see what it's all about and i'm sure my lady would love this too so yeah i'm probably gonna end up watching it at some point maybe next weekend nice well yeah. i look forward to us being able to have a full review about this uh when you're able to for sure moving on to our final topic and also our uh name our episode name topic 
should there have been a Man of Steel two before Batman v Superman? Now, before like before we uh, like we dive into this discussion, I just want to give some uh, prefacing towards it. I was watching John Campia uh, discuss this. It, like he is like Darcy; he's a big fan of Man of Steel, uh, and he's also a big fan of uh, Henry Cavill as Superman. Not that any of us is against Henry Cavill; we all love him over here. But um, he kind of posed in his podcast. Should there have been a Man of Steel 2? And it kind of became a big discussion about the DCEU, how it was run, also the direction it went, and also how they wanted to kind of like showcase things. Uh, so just for context, Man of Steel came out in 2013, and the next he uh, Man of Steel basically started the DCEU in 2013, and the next film in the DCEU was Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Now John Campia asked, should there have been a Man of Steel 2 before BVS? And then he asked a secondary question. If BVS was good, would it have even mattered? So I kind of want to pose that to my bros. And T, I kind of want to start with you, man. <clears throat> so you know how you know how I feel about BVS. You know how disappointed I was. And What's hilarious about that, and I'll never forget this, is how excited Darcy was. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember we were all going in, and Darcy, like Darcy had already seen it, and he's like, Yo, I can't wait to talk about this. You guys <laughs> I was the exact opposite, because I went in, and I'm like, oh my god, if everyone loves it, I'm fucked. <laughs> and then we walked out, and Darcy was quiet, bro. <laughs> it's like, yeah. He's like that. Felt <laughs> defeated, <laughs> deflated. So, so Darcy was like, "Yeah, so that was some bullshit, right, guys?" <laughs> oh my god! I, at first, I was, I, 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 to be honest, I was still enjoying it on my second watch, and uh, I came out and I was like happy, and I just like look at you guys, I'm like, yeah, oh fuck. <laughs> oh. Um. But yeah, actually, that that second question is actually a very interesting question. Like, if BVS was actually good and well received, would it have mattered? I th I, I think if BVS had been more successful, then it would have set a really good tone. Hope I mean, this is the the the, the theory anyway. It would have set the tone for what would what was to come later on down the line because then at that point if bbs was good we probably would have had a man of steel to to follow afterwards but because bbs tanked and i can understand the worry and concern that execs might have had because they're thinking okay it's batman and superman this is a no-brainer these two guys are powerhouses of course no pun intended but they're they're obviously going to bring in a lot of money, like you know, and and it's going to be a good financial success, and obviously we didn't get that, right? And so now they're here panicking. They're looking at Marvel. Marvel's killing the game, like fucking shit up, and now DC is scrambling around, being like, okay, like we just gave them our heavy hitters, and that didn't work. So now we got to divert, and let's just give them a Wonder Woman movie. Let's just give them, you know, let's set up others. Let's do Suicide Squad. And then they just started throwing all this random shit at the wall and nothing. It, it just went downhill. So Wonder Woman didn't, uh, like, Wonder Woman was like, no, no, yeah, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, Wonder Woman was good. The first one, the Wonder Woman was good. 
Um, but again, they, they 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 started doing other stuff like the Suicide Squad and and you know Justice eventually League. Aquaman, Justice League, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it everything tanked. No one was interested in it. So yes, to answer that question, I think if BBS if BBS was actually successful, and I'm and not just did okay or like made back its 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 numbers, like did exponentially well. Like I'm talking speaking, yeah. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like you ask anyone, like oh, Endgame, like or or um, Infinity War, cross the board. Like that that's a solid film. Civil War, solid film. Winter Soldier, solid film. BBS, divisive. People are like, some people hate it, some people love it. Some people love it, but just don't say anything after they watch it with their boys. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I honestly, I. I I think had it been good, we would have gotten a Man of Steel. I think we should have had a Man of Steel before BVS, though, if I'm being completely honest, because I felt like I feel like that was just shoehorned in because maybe Man of Steel. I haven't checked the numbers. I'm sure you guys know more than I do, but I'm sure Man of Steel didn't do um, critically what they wanted it to do. And they were hoping that by introducing Batman into the mix prematurely, that the numbers would go up and obviously it, it didn't end up that way. So they were trying to put the cart before the horse and they ended up crashing and burning. So I think they should have just doubled down, did Man of Steel, did a bat, a solo Batman film with Ben Affleck, but just have it focus on him and then, or whoever, it doesn't really matter at that point, but have like an actual like solo Batman film and then have the characters be introduced later on. And then from there, you transition into... A Justice League, where you establish some of the other characters, like sim similar to how Marvel's initial um, trajectory went, where they built up solo films, and then every now and then they would have these like team up films. Do it kind of like that, like just like the the format was right there, just copy and paste. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> just use AI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, Darcy. Um, I mean, I feel like T kind of hit it. Like, um, I'm trying to remember the original question because all I'm thinking about is the way that the T said, said it should have gone. <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, should there have been a Man of Steel two before BVS? And oh, okay, yeah, and 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 about uh, whether if BVS it was successful critically and commercially, would it have made a difference? Um, should it be before BVS? Yes, it should have been. Uh, to answer that question, like like simply and directly, if, however, you left it the same way and BVS was really good, would it made a difference? Um, no, because like if if it did well, um, I still think we would have gotten more of what Zack Snyder was planning and um, and in, in his direction. And given that like we all loved Zack Snyder's direction, then he would have just done it in the order he felt was the, made the most sense so i guess we would have gotten like um uh, uh man of steel after bbs right um but if you ask me like the way that i think we, it should have gone down um man of steel batman like man of steel 2 um which man of steel 2 could have set up a bbs mm. um in that you basically have i like the idea of like okay Superman just er, erupts into the world right just explodes in the world man of steel one 
it's fixed obviously in some kind of way and then you have batman come in and you're seeing him having like low level stuff but maybe somewhere near the latter part of the film there's or the end is kind of like you know like a, a end credit scene or something to the very end like the movie's kind of done but then there's like a little extra 15 minutes at the end of the film where man of steel comes in and you're seeing batman reacting to it right like what the, what the hell is this right mm -hmm. and then you got man of steel 2 and it's superman like starting to like he's paying for the mistakes and he and people are questioning him and there's some villain that's making it hard for him to convince people that he's a good guy right and that whole time you're layering in batman throughout that so that you're hinting at it and then you can lead up to like a bvs and then that bvs is really about the coming to is he a good guy and he is and then you start to want to set the foundation for a um uh, uh like a justice league but you're not really doing it yet you're just kind of introducing the idea of a big bad then you get into like another film to introduce like another character and you know they're introduced and then maybe we start hitting into a justice league because we have enough people we can introduce the other characters when we actually get into justice league the other like two or three characters right we can introduce them kind of quickly because we built up enough universe to like hint at them and whatnot and so we got a feel for it that's kind of how i feel like it should have should have went um but yeah would it mattered if bbs worked i mean if it was more flushed out and made and made a little more sense no i think <laughs> you could have done it that way too uh it's just you know, it would have had to be done slightly differently um but yeah so i also agree that uh, a man of steel 2 was necessary i think there was like a setting up of uh man of steel uh, setting up a superman and having him do like big bad stuff and uh, like big fighting stuff and then have him kind of doing the human element which they kind of like really rushed through in bbs in the, in the original so kind of having like showing him to be someone who's trying to do good and it not being taken as well as opposed to just sho shoving it in bbs and then having bbs as uh as kind of like a pre-avengers then doing wonder woman then doing uh sorry not avengers sorry justice league um then doing wonder woman then doing aquaman forget suicide squad because we don't need that right now and then doing justice league but that's like setting up the way the mcu did it there is an argument to be said and i and ever since i posed this question to you guys i have started to like look at it critically because like it, i have subscribed to the to what tactics has said like you had the format right there just copy and repeat just like but do it like truth to the characters but i started thinking about this like last night i was like what if instead they like warner brothers competently chose and like and i'll even like throw in zack snatter what if they competently chose to take it a different way what if they wanted to kind of like rush in not not even russian that's a different word um what if they wanted to tell a superhero story but not copy mcu how would it work in that situation and for me i can see them like i found that they rushed it and rushing it was the ultimately one of the big reasons why this dceu failed the other main reason is they didn't understand the characters but let's say hypothetically they decided to do character uh, character accurate films 
I can't really see. Look, maybe I'm just too indoctrinated in the MCU. I can't really see a unique way of setting up a cinematic universe. Well, okay. Let me ask you this: um, What? Because I I know we're not really big fans of how the DC animated movies have been going as of late, but like from back in the day when the DC animated movies were really good, they were killed. Yeah, but like, what was because obviously, like, I don't hear many people talking about like the Marvel animated movies. They suck. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? So, <laughs> but like, what is it about the DC animated movies that were like from back in the day that were so good that they could use as a similar format in a live action iteration to garner some success? on the DC side of things. Okay, that, that's actually a really interesting question. Uh, uh, can I go, or Darcy, do you have a... You go right ahead. Uh, the, In my opinion, the success to the DC animated universe prior to them started adopting the uh, New 52 stuff and going downhill after that was the, the commitment to the source material. Mm. Like, under the Red Hood, mm-hmm. you, like... We all love that film. Minus a couple of portions here and there, that was like a straight adaptation just done like really well. <clears throat> uh, the the Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Literally paid to screen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Batman... Um, oh, well. Wonder Woman was a very accurate character uh, version of it. Green Lantern, exact same way. Like they understood the character cold and they didn't try to, they were telling a, well, all like I would say Green Lantern and Wonder Woman were origin films. Under the Red Hood didn't, it wasn't an origin. Well, it was an origin film for like one of the Robins, but aside from that, like it like everyone knows about Batman. I'm trying to remember, was there any Superman ones back in the day? Hmm. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Anyway, so these are independent stories that are focused on the story itself and not building a universe. However, they all discuss the fact that it is a larger universe. So it's easy to have them just jump in to each other after you've set everything up. Which so, is still kind of what MCU did. So let me let me get this straight. So the solution, therefore, there, there is then that you would take the source material and not deviate too far from it. Just basically take it. The difference is with the animated universe, they took specific stories of the source material. It wasn't like they went back to beginning and did an exact duplication of that and like carry that through it's like Mm -hmm. um with uh batman they chose the story under the red hood Mm -hmm. and like you know that's not an origin film whatsoever and also technically now it's not even canon because it's been like redone a bunch of times but it was a story that people really liked Mm -hmm. and they adapted it very accurately green lantern was a kind of like a training day version of 
Green Lantern's uh, origin story and also modern day origin story. So that was an interesting blend of like established genre with the origins. They kind of wrapped it around that. Like they were very loyal to the characters, but they did it about it in like in training day fashion. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was a straight up origin film, but like really focused on the well, they were properly feminist. Not that like the uh, the Gal Gadot of Wonder Woman was uh, non-feminist, but also they really heavily leaned into the Greek mythology portion, which was not in the live action version. So mm-hmm. like again, focus on the on the source material, but at the same time, they're doing. Uh, they're doing a format that makes sense. Mm. Cause my, okay. Cause my thing is, and I, I agree with you, but I think, and I don't know if this is true to the view of whatever director is taking on one of these properties, but it's like, if I'm coming in and I'm spending, let's say the average film takes what, like eight months to a year to make. Mm. Um, so you're spending that amount of time adapting a a film but not being able to add any uniqueness or originality to to it you're basically just copying someone else's work and just shooting and just basically shooting it so it's kind of like it almost becomes a loveless job because even though you love you love it and you want to bring it to life it's just like well i like I feel like I, I I wasn't really involved in the storytelling. I was just literally like reading it, looking at like the the, the storyboard is pretty much complete. It's like the the you have the the the, the comic book and you basically yeah. just shoot that. And so it's yeah. like there's no there's no real creative process that goes into making the movie when you when you take it page for page. So yeah, it's like an adapted. It's an adapted screenplay versus like an actual screenwriting. Right, right. So do you think that is part of the issue? And like, for example, why Zack Snyder probably deviated a lot from the original source material? That okay, that's that's almost a completely separate issue because like Zack Snyder wrote or like helped uh, had directed David Goyer, who I don't respect as a writer to begin with, mm-hmm. but the two of them basically wanted to create a batman superman wonder woman or like dc universe where it was cool it wasn't who the characters were but that's what i mean like it's like they're 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 taking the likeness of the character but they're not staying true to the essence of who the character is because they want to they want to take a character that let's say that they love but they want to put their own creative spin on it kind of like what like Remember when they were talking about um, uh, Sup- it was it Superman Lives with uh, Nicolas Cage? Uh, he was gonna be he was gonna be Superman. Spider. Spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like it was like it was like some shit where it's like Superman. He's like, I don't want Superman to fly, and I want instead of like his normal suit, I wanted to wear a black like a like a black suit that looks like tentacles coming out of it and shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on my, fa- my favorite was like i want to cast someone like sean penn why sean penn because like that guy looks like he's a killer yeah and like, yo it's it's superman man. yeah but um but yeah do you think it's kind of uh, uh, along that line where it's like certain directors just kind of want to put their own creative spin on it rather than following someone else's absolutely. work absolutely absolutely like is that like 
Zack Snyder and David Goyer, I think where they fundamentally went wrong was on two fronts. One, they didn't understand the characters as who they were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Second, they wanted to bring the characters into the real world and treat them like they're real people. And it's like, okay, fine. That's the boys. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if you want to show that, like, Henry Cavill's Superman is going to be killing people, okay, um, why are you making him Superman then? Like, mm-hmm. it's not Superman. And so, like, it deviating to that degree is a problem. But if you want to take, like, a Superman story and kind of, like, change up the origin a little bit, like... Uh, Okay, like Darcy was talking about in regards to my adventures with Superman, they're changing up. They're they're taking lots of creative freedom with the source material, but the character is still the characters are still true. Mm-hmm. Darcy, do you have any uh, thoughts on this? Um, no, I just got an antagonizing question. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know how much. How- uh, how if I want to ask it though, because I don't want to be here all night. Um. <laughs> so, as much as people, how do I put this? I already know what you're gonna say, Umar. As much I'm gonna as, wait until after tactics. As much as we can say true to the character, what 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 is to be said about people's different interpretations of what the character is as in based off their own perception right so we all have our own perceptions of things and a character in their story certain parts might resonate very deeply with us and other parts not right so what may be seen as cool and lacking in character from someone's perception may be uh, from like from your perception from somebody else's may be true to what they how they perceive the character so, what is to be said about interpreting something? <laughs> I'm sorry, that picture. <laughs> yeah, I'm bored that picture. That picture I'm Where is that from? I don't like, know, man. That, that is Superman and a Witcher put together. Huh? Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, just, I, just, I just found it randomly. Facts. Absolutely facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. all right. Sorry, yeah, Darcy, you were you were saying. The, for instance, the thing I. I like and appreciate it. as much as it's nice to adapt things uh, one for one. I don't have a very strong desire in live action just to get adaptions of comic books directly. Like I personally, I, it's not it's not what I what I want. And I like there to be something that makes it different and unique um, from everything else. And I will I will subscribe to that too. And, and I would say that our Arguably, what I'm saying and the way you're interpreting it is not the same. So, um, for instance, okay. the way I, I think that you're interpreting it is like, um, take this core thing and then adjust it a little bit. And for me, I'm like, I'm actually more game to adjust it a lot, right? I'm more open to big shifts. <laughs> now, I would like some coreness to the character, but I like the idea of like re- complete reinterpretations. Um, I just do, because I just think some of it, sometimes that's like, very interesting right to put it in a, in a completely different um tone i have a question yeah would you have felt the same way about luffy hmm. interesting question um no 
<laughs> Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But, but I mean, yeah, but I don't know how to put this. Like, it's also when you have like, like properties like this where there's so many different versions of Superman and there's so many different versions of Batman and all that kind Fair of enough. stuff. Yeah. This I'm, has been like a universe has been rebooted like, like seven times in my lifetime. And, and there's a part to that that's just like, your version, my version, and it just becomes like this debate versus like there is actually just kind of like one story, right? Um, but yeah, anyways, I digress. Anyway, I just I just want to be antagonizing more than anything. Tactics. What was the question? Like, <clears throat> are you uh, uh, are you in for the idea of completely revolutionizing the character? Um, to an extent, yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as attached to the comic book lore as, as you are, Umar. Like you've, you've been more immersed in that, in that side of things than the both of us, me and uh, Darcy and I. So, um, I, I, I know the fundamentals of, of Batman from the movies, the animated shows but like very little of like the comics based uh, uh, like other than the what anime, you told me i will say that the anime series has done some pretty strong rep uh, uh like uh adaptions of the comics mm -hmm. like the whole introduction of rachel ghoul from the animated series is like taking from the gra like the graphic novels yeah um i don't know i i think it's tough when you like if you if you said that about bat like for example with the with what they did with with what Justice League did with Batman that 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 hurt me that broke my soul. What they did with Superman, I like I it, it didn't in the hit. We, the Whedon version you mean or do you mean the Snyder version? Uh no I was fine with the Snyder cut Batman. Cool. Um, no no I'm talking remember. about Superman. Oh it's Superman, I mean the thing is. I, I think I, I paid more attention to it as you started, as you, Umar, started talking about it. Because, you, you're like, Superman to you is, like, what Batman is to me. Like, and so I'm very passionate about the representation of Batman because that goes, that dates back to my childhood. So, like, I'm used to a particular type of Batman. And when you deviate too far from that, it it kills it for me. Like, what about I, I, Matt Reeves the Batman? Because that for me is like an example of completely changing the tone uh, of uh, of how you display it uh, as a character. For me, really, more, yeah. Because I'm a, cause interesting. I, I felt that was more in line with the comics as opposed to uh, a, a, away from it. So I, well, I, then I, I don't know the comic. I, so I, I <laughs> so I, I get what where Darcy's coming from, and what I will say is because I feel like it's not. It's not quite Batman yet, but it's on the road to becoming Batman. Right. So like Agreed. I was I was more I was more tolerable to that iteration of Batman because I know that this is just the beginning and as he goes along, he's because he's making mistakes, he's sloppy in, in, in yeah. Batman, right? So like it, it it was a little jarring at first to see, like especially when he's doing the like the paragliding down and then he like oh. crashes and you're like, oh what the fuck? Like I wasn't <laughs> I like I wasn't I wasn't used to that. That's something that you see in like comedy movies, right? So I was like, <laughs> what yeah. the fuck happened? Right. So uh yeah, it was a little jarring for me. But then like 
when I took a step back and kind of analyzed it from that perspective of like, okay, he's this is like year two of him being Batman. So he's he's making the progression. So there's promise of of the bat of us getting a Batman that we're all familiar with. With the Ben Affleck, like he was he's been Batman for like 10 years, man, and he was acting all fucked up. So I was like plenty. Even worse. So I was like, yeah, like this is the pinnacle of what we what we're getting right now. Like I'm I'm not vibing with this. So um yeah they went backwards on that one. So yeah for me I wasn't jiving with it. I, I will say that like like I would have thought I would have had more of a problem with my adventures with Superman given how they're redefining his origin story. But the fact that uh the essence of the character like the core of the character not so much what he has done or what his like background is and all that sort of stuff but the core of the character is still intact in the show for me which Mm -hmm. makes me enjoy it if the core of the character is being redefined that i think is a problem because then it's not the character anymore because like Mm -hmm. yes you're right darcy like there have been many iterations of superman in the comics in the like 60 years they have to like for crying out loud the man had a mullet at one point uh, so like, and also his power levels have ranged as much as the story has requested. Like he went, like he was able to like play baseball with planets at one point, and everyone's like, I mean, one version of him literally punched a hole in the fabric of time, or time and space. So like, they they do uh, what they need to for the story, and yes, the consistent changing of uh, iterations is natural. However, I have felt that the core character of Superman has remained consistent. If you start taking that away, then you're kind of alienating the whole purpose of the character, mm. in my opinion. And so yeah. that's why, like, that's why, like, I'm fine with changing up the uh, the origins. I'm fine with like, uh, as long as it's done in like a well-rounded way that like leads to the right uh, like character development. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was that me? Uh, I I didn't realize my camera just shut off. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm barely even here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear us though, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I asked an antagonizing question because I'm just hungry at this point. I'm like, Fair. I have I have 15 minutes left before I have to start gotcha. fasting again, and I just wanted to be antagonizing because um, I'm hungry. fair enough well uh any final uh remarks uh from either of you regarding this topic Nah, i think this dude just wants to go eat so we can wrap this shit up all right Um, we will wrap this up Uh, okay never mind mind. go on go on on. (laughs) uh i'm just gonna like uh, read out just some quick uh, comments so elliot uh paul is saying that uh, he loves uh cavill as superman but hate that his superman was killed uh, and he uh, also said that we would have loved a Batman and Superman movie based on the world's finest eps from the animated series. Amen to that, brother. Agreed. That would have been fantastic. Uh, Ron R says, I didn't really like Ben as Batman. He had moments. He had moments. He had a, he had a nice warehouse fight. Uh, and then Chris Tarr is like, there was even one time in the comic Superman had super ventriloquism and could shoot a tiny Superman out from his out of his hand. Okay, Yo, yeah, I yeah, missed that. I missed yeah, that you, issue. You can leave that out. Of the <laughs> that 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 would be that would be fucked up. But you can uh, miss me with that episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to see that. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, it, I'm glad uh, there is some relative 
understanding that like the core character is needed, but iterations and new ways of sh uh, showcasing universes are, I'm open to it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to volume it to UT for our closing remarks. All right. Well, thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in to the Geeky Bros podcast. Uh, be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. We want to increase our subscription level. So tell your friends about us. Please do it. Like, I'm, I'm like legit begging you guys, like, just do that. Like, don't just show up in here and be like, hey, guys, like, I'm writing a comment, but I'm not telling my friends about us. You know, do it. Do it. All right. So, anyway, Omniboy Tactics. Yo, I'm black, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's black y'all because he's black y'all <laughs> and this is uh big geek umar uh thank you all for watching we'll see you guys next week live long and prosper y'all and also yes as taka says uh please like favorite and subscribe have a good night dude